How do you remember a Christmas where you bugged your parents for a certain thing that you wanted? Right? You just had to have, maybe it was the Cabbage Patch doll in 1983. Remember the Cabbage, Cap, the cabbage Patch doll craze in 1983? People were killing each other at Walmart and stuff to get this thing. Well, I asked my, um, I asked my wife and I asked my daughter, what, what were things that you really wanted? And my daughter, Lily, she remembers one. I don't even remember this, but she wanted Baby Alive. Yeah, y'all remember that. that. This thing was a disaster. So it, 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 it cried. It still, <laughs> parents know it still is a disaster. Actually, if you still have the baby alive in its original box, Lily checked it out on eBay, 700 bucks. I said, what were we thinking? Keep it in the box. Don't play with it. Uh, because Lily ended up leaving it out in the rain, and that, that was the end of baby alive. So, um, so baby alive, uh, would, you could change its diapers, and it would actually poop. I don't know whatever word I could use. So I'm like, who made up this stuff? So had to have it. I think we denied her that choice of having it because we knew the problems it would cause. And I think my parents overrode me and they ended up getting it for her anyway. So I don't know what happened. And then my wife, she remembers getting the Sunshine Family. Does anybody here remember the Sunshine Family? 70s, yeah. Okay, yeah. Kathleen, your sister remembers it. That's it. I think it was a... I think it was a ripoff from the Partridge family. So Kathleen said she had to have it. I guess it came with a camper or camping set. Yeah, so that's what she had to have. So she got the sunshine thing. For me, I, want, I, I just wanted downhill skis my freshman year. I was part of the ski club, and I, I wanted the, the downhill skis. I said, Dad, you know how cool I would look as a freshman walking in to ski club with my own skis instead of having to sit in a rental line? You know, and I'd go, man, my dad's like, no, no, you need to wait, you need to wait, you need to wait. So how many of you had those mean parents who they knew you liked that gift and they would give you that gift last <laughs> and think you never got it and then they would say, kind of like the Christmas story and it was sitting behind the tree or, well, my parents did this to me one year and they did get me used um, downhill skis, which was awesome, but they waited the last minute and I think my dad made me wait like the whole day. No, he did So... They were in the trunk of the car. Because bar and go out. I need something out of the trunk, trunk of the car, and so I did. And, th- and they were the the skis. I was so pumped because I just that's that's what I wanted so much. So my my parents are okay. They're good parents. So, um, th- this is what this is what we're talking about today. We are talking about a story. We've been looking at the parables of Jesus and the stories of, of Jesus. And what we've come to realize is about a third of Jesus' teachings were in the form of stories or parables. And and so Jesus, what he does is he takes a a earthly story and tries to relate it to a heavenly concept. Basically, a parable basically is just literally, it, it means something that's cast along something else. That's basically what it means. And t- we've been going through many of the parables and the stories of Jesus. And today we're going to be looking at the story of this persistent widow who comes in front of this very unjust judge. And Jesus uses this story to show how important his care is for us, that we should never lose faith, knowing that God is always in control and that God's justice will always win out. And I listen, I know we live in a very topsy-turvy world right now. And, and I said this to the, to the nine o'clock group, Nine o'clock service. I think 31 years of ministry, I've never seen more changes I've seen in the last five years. It's, it's, it's crazy. And 
I want us to know not to lose faith or not to lose hope that God is in control. And what Jesus wants us to see in this story is the persistency of this widow against extreme odds. It looked like a completely hopeless situation. This judge was completely ruthless, but he he uses this persistent widow to show how persistency and faith God sees and God honors. God doesn't want us to give up. So let's look at the scripture today, Luke 18. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 8, parable of the persistent widow. And it says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. And there was a judge in a certain city, and he said, he said who, who, who neither feared God or cared about people. And the widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. But the judge ignored her for a while. But finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. And I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will, will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? So we're going to dig into what Jesus was saying here. Now, we see these two characters, right? We see, we see this corrupt judge and we see this persistent widow. Jesus describes the judge as one who did not fear God or even respect man. He just basically cared about himself. So the judge completely disregarded the law of God. Now, when you see this, and I want you to understand the culture here, to be a widow in that culture during Jesus' day meant that you were pretty much destitute, that you were poor. And we see this woman coming for the judge. She has no representation. She has no children there. She has no husband. She is completely desperate and she comes against this ruthless judge who doesn't even care about her situation and he disregards God's law because God was very specific that you take care of these but this judge didn't care I want you to really get the picture that Jesus is drawing for us so he was a person that wasn't moved by compassion and had absolutely no sympathy even for this destitute widow His heart was cold, and he was even indifferent to the things of God. And so what Jesus does here, he paints this picture of pure wickedness of this unrighteous judge. So Jesus calls him unjust or unrighteous, which means he was corrupt and he was dishonest. He was was only concerned with himself and and not about the wisdom of God or or showing any kind of sympathy to to this poor woman. The scary part of all this that Jesus shares is that he was okay with his character. He didn't even care. He was actually proud of his character. Listen to this. The judge is in this place of prominence and should have ruled fairly, yet ultimately doesn't care about God or people or even what they thought of him. So he's not someone that you want to stand before if you're actually trying to seek justice. If you're standing before this judge, it's not good. It's interesting what Jesus says about the judge. Jesus tells us that he has no respect for men and he cared little about what they thought. Now, we might say to ourselves, 
I don't really care what people think about me either. Have you ever said that? You know, I am who I am, and you know, this is the way I live my life, and I don't really care what, what, what people think about me. And, and we need to be careful that we're not consumed with what people think about us. But I want you to realize something here. He had no shame. He really didn't care. He was acting unjustly, and he didn't care what people thought about him. Now, we should care what people think about us if we're doing wrong things. We should care about those things. And so we, we, we may think to ourselves, well, I don't care what people think about me, but that's not the case here. The judge showed no shame in what he did. Now, in Middle Eastern cultures, it's a very shame-honoring culture, which means this. Um, you need to do all you can to bring honor to your family name and not shame. That's a big deal. Have you ever had one of your parents say to you, shame on you for some knucklehead brain thing you did when you were younger? See, in the Middle East, it's a very shame-honoring culture. But this judge had no shame. He could care less. He, he didn't care about what it meant for his name. He did not care. And so he, he is so corrupt that he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He has no shame. And he's actually proud of it. So the judge has no shame for what he did. And he didn't care about honoring or doing the right thing. So shame didn't work for this guy because he didn't care. So what Jesus does is he shares this story about a woman, a, a widow, who comes to this corrupt judge for justice. And it is just hopeless. Is this poor widow going to find justice from this judge? Now at the beginning, there's nothing. He doesn't care. He's not defending her. He's not working on her behalf. Have fun trying to get this judge to care for this woman's situation. Now, for those that are listening, they're probably thinking, oh my goodness, this judge is so corrupt. Why isn't he following God's law? Why isn't he sticking up for the widow and, and the unfortunate? Why isn't he listening? So th they would be listening and they would be up in arms of what is happening in this story. But I want you to understand something. I want you to understand how stacked the odds were against this woman. You have this uncaring, shameless judge who doesn't have any compassion, and you have a widow who has no one on her side. So it's not looking real good for this widow. So what we read in this story is the widow was relentless in her pursuit of justice, and she didn't care who she was coming up against. She didn't care about this judge. She didn't care how, if, he wasn't, if he showed no compassion or he was unjust. She didn't care. She was relentless in the way she pursued this judge. She didn't care that the judge was unsympathetic. This didn't stop her. So what we see is day after day after day, she's coming to this judge. And so what we know is someone took advantage of her, which left her destitute. So I want you to see a couple things here. First of all, the woman was financially destitute, but also she had no one coming to her defense. She had no one in her life to pick up her cause. No husband, no child, no relative, no one to pick up her cause. She was all by herself. No counsel, no one to listen to her. She had to fight all on her own. And as far as God's law was concerned about this woman, the word of God was so clear on how this judge should have acted, but he didn't act righteously. Isaiah 117 says, Learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, 
Take up the cause of the fatherless and plead the case of the widow. That was God's concern for those who couldn't speak for themselves or for those who couldn't take up their cause and they were taking up their cause all by themselves. See, the judge is entirely indifferent and shows no compassion towards her at all. So the, the widow is desperate. And Jesus wants us to see that. She's desperate, but she doesn't give up. And how do we know? When you're, when you're desperate, you're going to fight with all your life. When you're desperate, you're going to fight with all your life. And which, and which is the widow's case? So the, the judge finally um, gives in. And, and listen to what the judge said. This is kind of interesting. The judge says, she's wearing me out, or, or literally, she's beating me down. Uh, this has a deeper meaning. The meaning is, is actually a, a boxing term. To wear, when he uses the word wearing me out or, or she's uh, beating me down, it's actually a boxing term. This, this is a rocky term. This is rock. Now, I don't know. Maybe she was throwing some left jabs at the judge. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she was feisty. I don't know. Maybe she was wiry. I don't know. Maybe she was an MMA fighter. I don't know what this widow was like, but she was tough. And she kept coming after him to the point to where the judge is saying, she is beating me down. This is, this is a rocky term. It, it means to hit someone with a full blow to the eye, and it literally means to bruise your face. He goes, this woman is bruising me. She's, she's, she's wearing me out. She's, she's beating me up. So the judge describes the woman as someone who is beating him up. And, and so she's coming with everything she has, and she's not holding back. And so the, the, the widow is not just irritating the judge. She's bringing him pain. He's like, this widow is bringing me pain. And, and I've, I've got a rule on her because I can't take it anymore. She's actually bringing me pain. And it, it reminds me of, of Rocky Three. Now, you know me, I love the Rocky movies, so I've got to throw them in there once in a while just to keep you guys on your toes. Um, Rocky 3 is okay. Rocky 1 is the best. Don't even argue with me about it, okay? Just stop it. Rocky 1 is the best. 2 is okay. 3 is good. 4 is better than 3. 3 is not bad. 5, don't even waste your time watching it, okay? Just throw it out. Don't e- when they put it on TV, I'm like, oh my, this is embarrassing. Just don't even put it on. It's just embarrassing. So in, in Rocky 3, if you've not seen Rocky 3, please get a life. If you've never seen any of the Rocky movies, please get a life. I mean that. I love you, but get a life, okay? So Rocky 3 is when Rocky fights Clubber Lang, better known as, I got a picture just to get your reminder here, Mr. T. Right? Remember Mr. T? He's got about 80 pounds of gold around his neck. That's why his neck was so big, just from carrying around all that, all that jewelry. And Mr. T is uh, Clubber Lane, and he's fighting. Um, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, by the way. So he's, it fits perfectly within my story, okay? So uh, within my message. So he's fighting Mr. T. Mr. T's fighting Mr. T. No, Mr. T is fighting Rocky. And so there's an interview uh, with Clubber Lang, and the interviewer says to Mr. T, to Clubber Lang, what is your prediction to the fight? Great line in the movie. Great line of the movie. It says, what's your prediction in the fight? And Clubber Lang says, my prediction? Right? I'm sorry, that's a bad voice, but I'll, I'll try my best. And the interviewer goes, yes, your prediction. If you remember, the camera focuses in on Clubber Lang, and what does he say? Pain. Remember that? He goes, pain. That's all he says. It's, a, it's the greatest part in the movie. This is exactly what the widow was doing <laughs> To the judge. She was bringing him pain. That's the Greek. That's the original language. I'm just telling you. That's the truth. She was bringing him pain. See, I want you to see the comparison 
that Jesus uses in the story. What is the point here? Because Jesus wants you to see, it's one of those stories, if the lesser is true, how much more is the greater true? So listen, listen. He's saying, if this lesser is true, if this totally irreverent judge goes on the behalf and rules on behalf of this widow, how much greater is this? So it's, it's a greater truth. If the evil judge grants the request, how much more will God act on our behalf? That, that's what Jesus wants us to see here. See, if a judge who does not fear God granted her justice, how much more would God hear our cries? Those who cry out to him night and day. See, we may look around us and we may get discouraged in the climate that we're in today. And it it does get discouraging. And it can get very discouraging. But here's what God says. Don't give up your cries to me and I I see what goes on. Don't give up praying for your country. Don't give up praying for your family. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because here's what Jesus says. When the Son of Man returns, what type of faith will he see? What's Jesus mean by that? He's seen. What type of faith will he see in his church? Is it, is it a church that's relinquished? Is it a church that, that is beat up and just limping to the finish line? Or is it a church who's like the persistent widow who does not give up even though everything would tell her just throw in the towel? That's why I like the Rocky movies. Especially Rocky 1 because that's the best one. Because he doesn't give up. Right? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's easy to get discouraged, isn't it? It's easy to feel worn out and beat up. And God says, listen, I've sent my son to you to take up your cause. I am with you. You may feel alone, but my son is right there with you taking up your cause. And God is a God of justice. And God will work out everything at the end. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. God cares for us. I love this passage in Matthew chapter 10 where Jesus uses this story of, of, a, of a sparrow and, and how he says how important a sparrow is. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And, and yet not one of them falls to the ground outside of your father's care. He said, here's this really not worth hardly anything, these sparrows. But yet, He goes, not one of them falls to the ground without your father noticing them. How much more does he care for us? Once again, the lesser to the greater. How much more does God care about us and care about your life and saying, don't give up. Be persistent. I'm with you. I'm taking up your cause. And I know it can get frustrating. But listen, church, listen to me, church. Listen. In the times we live in today, it's so easy to get distracted and and to get pulled into a million different directions and to get pulled into a million different causes. Listen, the cause of the church is to take up our cross and follow him daily and deny ourselves. The cause of the church is the gospel. It's the message of Jesus that will change the hearts and the lives of this world. That's our purpose. That's our calling as a church. That's why Jesus came. He says, go into all the world and and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let me change their hearts. Let me do that. Let me change their hearts. Let me use you to do that. 
to be my representative in this world of who I am. Let's not get diverted from the call that God has called us to as the church. And that's the message of Jesus. That's the gospel message. He cares about us. So the woman didn't give up. She was proactive. She didn't say, oh, well, this is the way it is, and I'm just giving up. She was relentless. She didn't give up, and she didn't lose heart. Jesus finishes the story by saying, but what will the Son of Man, when he returns, what will he find on earth? Will he find people who have faith? You see, the parable comes on the heels of Jesus just talking about his second coming. And so I want you to realize that the woman, the destitute woman, the, the, the widow, is symbolic of those who are oppressed, those who are marginalized, and those that don't have a lot of means. And I think we as the church need to be really careful about not forgetting the ones that Jesus doesn't forget about. I remember years ago, some years ago, there was something that tragically happened in Ontario that just bothered me. And I heard this story, this young woman who was brutally beaten and left basically out on Ridge Road on her own to the police found her. It bothered me. You know, it, it, just, it just really bothered me. And come to find out there's a connection in the church. We reached out to her, said, what can we do? How can we help you? And, and she came into our church. She was a wayward daughter, struggling, struggling with drugs. She did good for a while and just continued to struggle. And it was a tough story. I had to do her funeral a couple years ago. Pray for her mom. Listen. Our community is hurting. And people are turning to things that they think are going to help them, whether it's drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be. The church has that hope. We, we have to be persistent as the church and not forget why we exist to take up the cause of those who feel marginalized and feel like they're not heard. See what Jesus says, I care about this widow. Even when no one else did, I took up her cause. I want you to know that Jesus took your cause to the cross, died a brutal death for you and I so that we could know God. He took our sin, he took our messiness and bore it on the cross for you and I so that we could find freedom. When you feel like you're all alone and no one else is listening, Jesus is. The word of God says he'll never leave us or forsake us, that nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Listen, don't give up. Don't give up on, don't give up on our world. Just yet. Don't give up. God wants to be persistent in praying for our community for our world, as messed up as we may think it is, those are the people that he died for and I'm one of them messy sinners that he died for. Amen? Are you in the same boat as me? Amen? And so let's, let's be persistent. Let's be persistent in grabbing the heart of God and not losing focus.
of the things that God cares about. Here are the things Jesus cares about. And let me just finish with this. Here's a couple of things Jesus is telling us in this parable. He's telling us not to lose heart, but be vigilant in prayer. Some of you, you may have a, a wayward child or whatever it may be. Say, listen, don't give up that cause for your child. Keep praying. Or maybe a family member. Be vigilant in prayer. Don't, don't lose heart. God sees it. Take up their cause and continue to pray for them. Continue to leap, you know, put them before the Lord and, and don't give up. Don't lose heart. And the second thing Jesus is saying here is, Jesus isn't like the unrighteous judge. He does care for us, and he will make things right. God will make things right. So don't give up. Keep praying. God is not slow in keeping his promises. He is faithful. So the question I have for you as we close today, have you kind of lost your fight a little bit? Are you, are you, do you feel like you're in the 15th round and you're just, you're just tired? Maybe, maybe you're tired because relationships aren't working out the way it did or things weren't working out the way you thought they would work out in your life. Maybe it's broken relationships and they're just, they're, just, they're just beating you up. I want you to realize that Jesus wants to take up your cause and not to give up, to be faithful. Let's not give up on people. Let's not, let's not give up on our world. Let's not, let's not give up on, on, on our community. Um, I, I love that even in the midst of the pandemic, we were, over to, we were able to give out over 1,000 bags of groceries back in August to our community with the help of Convoy of Hope. You know, I just, it was so neat just seeing people coming into our driveway, and even though we had a distance, we could give them groceries. I met people from across the street. I met, it, was just, it was just wonderful connecting with our community, just telling them, listen, we love you. We're not here to judge. We just want to be God's hands and feet. So let's be persistent in following Christ with all our hearts. And let's not give up. So if you're here today and you just, you're, you're tired and it's been a long year. Can we all say it's been a long year? <laughs> it's been a long year. May, may the vision and the spirit of Christ refresh us anew to give us a fresh perspective of what he's called the church to be. And that's his hands and his feet extended into this world. As hard as it is that we see, and I'm with you, as hard as it is and see the things that are going on, as hard as it is, we are his hands and his feet. That has not changed. So may we not give up. May we be, may, may we be persistent in prayer. And I, and I love... I love the beginning of this parable, um, the story, because this is what Jesus says. This is what Jesus says. He says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and never give up. I know that's pretty simple, and I'm sorry if it is, but I think that's pretty good words by Jesus. Always pray and never give up. And listen, some of you might be here, some of you may be watching online, and you feel like giving up right now. And you feel like giving up. Don't give up. Let Jesus take up your cause. Let him renew your spirit and give you a new perspective. That's what I need. 
Because when I get lost in this world and I get discouraged, I need to come back to Jesus and what his calling is on my life. And it's about people. Jesus came for people. That's what we're about, right, church? We exist as a church, not for ourselves, but for those who have not yet belonged. That's, 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 that's our calling. Let's not forget that. So, Father God, as we, we just close in song today, and just may, it just may we just remind ourselves of your faithfulness in our lives to never give up, that you've never given up on us, Lord. You've done everything possible to reach us. And Lord, as, we're, as we sing this closing song, as we're in that waiting, Lord, may you refresh us and renew us and give us a fresh perspective of what we're called to do again. Give us a new, fresh passion and perspective for our neighbors, for our family, for those that we're praying for, God. And just change our hearts and give us the heart of Christ in all these things that we would be what you've called us to be in this world that we would represent you well, Jesus, in this world. So we thank you that this widow represents the oppressed, the downcast, those that sometimes get marginalized and we forget about, Lord. That's who she is. And you took up her cause, Jesus. May we do the same. We love you. We thank you. And we're so grateful for your word, God. You're such a faithful God to us. I thank you for this church. Lord, may you continue to fill us with your love and compassion for our world. In Jesus' wonderful name, we ask these things. In Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's children said, amen, amen. Can we stand and just sing this song in closing? God bless you. May this song just minister to your heart today. God bless you.